Welcome everyone Welcome. to another episode. I feel like of I ghost just, stories. When you said that, I pictured being introduced into like the spooky high school that I'm gonna start attending. I was thinking almost like circus ringmaster. It's like, welcome to the crowd. You're about to see a spectacle of a show. It is. I mean, Which, yeah, this is going to be a spectacle. For this episode, it's uh, going to be themed yes. because it's the month of October. So we decided that all the the ghouls and goblins and monsters that haunted us since childhood from the Halloween season would be a perfect topic. So we're doing... Yes. Monsters and cryptids. Monsters and cryptids. And because this month we were like, let's just be really dark and disturbing and terrify everyone. And although cryptids sometimes are not terrifying, but there's one cryptid we've talked about quite a bit that terrifies us. And can you guess what it is, Corinne? Uh, well, alien, are you, you're not counting aliens no, as a cryptid, right? they're not terrifying. Okay. Um, we did an episode okay, about them. is a spirit. And is it a flesh pedestrian? No, but it's something that La tries to get in your home. A B a B E K? Mm-hmm. Yes? yes. Oh hell yes. Okay, wait, before we do that, this is Two Girls One oh, Ghost. Yeah. Two girls, one ghost. And this episode of Two Girls One Ghost is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne and I am Sabrina. Hey. And somehow we've been doing this for five years and we don't understand how to do our own podcast. Would you like to come? That's okay. Or do you just want to yell? What we do understand is that BEKs are some of the most terrifying creatures. Yes. Whatever the heck they are, we don't know. We don't know. What, how to categorize them. But all the stories we hear about them are horrifying. And this so one I'm eager to hear. is as horrifying. And it's interesting Eek. because it's a little bit different than what we've – because we've heard various stories of BEK. And if people don't know what BEK are, they're black-eyed children or kids – and I can't remember what episode we talked about them on, but it was in the beginning. Was it just called Black Eyed Kids? It might be. I feel, I feel like I feel like we did a whole episode on it. We definitely did an Encounters, I think, where we covered a couple of stories. BK. Yeah, yeah. So go look, search our catalog for that episode if you want to know more about them after this episode, because I, I presume you will after hearing this story. So this is from our listener Desiree, and it's called "Almost Murdered by." in quotes, child ghost. Not sure hmm. how to start this, so let's just jump right on in. And you tell me if you think it was a BEK, bratty ghosts, or demons posed as children. When I was in kindergarten, so approximately four or five years old, our class went on an end-of-the-year field trip to the YMCA. While there, I met two little girls who were excited to potentially make new friends. I followed them around the pool trying to get them to engage with me, and the pool had this slope that warns to the deep end, like a hill essentially, which you guys, everyone, I feel like when you're going into a pool, like the shallow end to the deep end, it just descends pretty quickly. Right. Yeah. It's a quick slope. I kept bobbing in the water, bouncing off the bottom of the pool as I treaded closer to the girls since I was pretty unable to swim at the time. The girls would allow me to get two feet close to them before they would move again, gradually getting closer to the deep end. When they would move away from me, they would put about five to six feet between us. When I was about to just move on due to the cold shoulder and dismissal of me, overall avoidance, it seemed like, I mean, shit, if they don't want to make friends, all they had to do was say so. The only, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> the only time that these two girls spoke to me 
was when I turned away to basically be like, you know what, never mind, not worth it. And I heard a little girl's voice say, hey. And when I turned to look at them again with hope that they changed their mind, deciding they actually wanted to make a new friend, I see them doing this wave thing that said, come hither. Like, you know. At this point, they were in the deep end and me not paying attention decided to try to make my way to them. It really didn't seem like they were that far out into the pool. But once my feet hit the slope of the of the hill, the balls of my feet went sliding down, emerging me in the water. The worst part of it was when my head would go under and I'd bounce back up to get a breath, seeing the edge of the pool a foot away from me, and I couldn't reach it. I kept seeming to get further away and further away from the shallow end. I would look at the girls with a plea on my face for help, and they would move further out. Every time I would go under and bounce back up, their faces would get bigger and brighter as I was trying not to drown, moving further and further into the pool. Around this time is when I realized the water didn't move when they moved. It's so interesting because it's like, this is a moment where I feel like everything is slowing down, but also going so fast because she's yeah, Desiree's like on the verge of drowning. She's drowning. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, spirits <sighs> and water are so creepy. I was so focused on trying to get back and get air when I would come up. So this development with my friends was pushed back by the need to survive. As the dread of my predicament settled in me, I just kept thinking, someone has to see me, worrying about what would happen if I really did die. Around this time, what felt like forever, but was probably just a minute or two, a teacher jumped into the pool, pulled me into her arms, and asked if I was okay. I wiped water from my face while coughing and sucking air into my lungs greedily. I looked over to the pool where the girls were and saw the look of disappointment on their faces. It just didn't look right. They were upset that I didn't drown. And to add to it, I was the only kid that saw them. And maybe that's why they targeted me over all the rest. Then again, I'm not surprised because it just seems like my family has a beacon over us with a banner attached that informs the paranormal world that we are sensitive, open, and best of all, unprotected because we didn't know how open we really were. I'm just a magnet for this stuff, which is fine if I had more positive experiences than negative. It is what it is, and maybe when I'm no longer afraid of the gift, I can open myself back up to the experiences while also being able to protect myself. I'm getting there slowly, but now that I'm catching shadows in my peripheral vision, startling me, I'm just trying to focus on banishing the fear and working on protecting myself before I fully lift the veil all the way. A medium has told my mom she has the potential to be a healer, and on my dad's side, everyone seems to be more in tune with that stuff. So, why not? Me too. See you on the other side, Desiree. (laughs) This is so upsetting. I know. I mean, I don't even know what to make of it. I've never heard of a public pool with two children's spirits or BEK or, or something in there just preying on one particular like here's the thing how did she know that she's the only one who's seen all these spirits and why were they only presenting themselves to her like you would think yeah. with a school full of kids a group full of kids her age that multiple people would be able to be sensitive enough to see these two little girls that move about the space without making a wake without making any ripple yeah who want to watch someone drown. So it's interesting because like we've read stories about BEK where they like come up to your door when you're in your car and they just kind of like stare at you and they kind of want to lure you out somewhere, which is dangerous. And they don't really, if they talk, their language is very different. So this very much could be that. And we've also seen, or there was like one episode, I think it might've been the Black Eyed Children episode where there was this like little ghost girl with the black eyes, but it was like believed maybe 
her eyes were that color because she just like lost her innocence when she died so young. But it's so hard to know Mm -hmm. for sure what spirits are because it's also very possible that these are uh, like maybe these two girls drowned in this pool at the YMCA and they want friends and it's disturbing and dark, but they wanted Desiree to be on the other side with them. Right. Well, and it's also like... There's just something about having that pact, that yeah. that friendship bond that sometimes people can go over the line of what's appropriate and what's not. And I imagine that these little girls, if they are the spirits of people, of these two girls that had passed away from drowning, like, you know, they get, they get each other so excited about the potential of having another friend. Right. Of having someone else join them, that they're not thinking about what happens in order for that the to become true. The consequences. Yeah. Totally. I also imagine that these two girls can communicate to one another, but because it's like taking them a lot of energy and effort to just show themselves on this plane or in this astral plane, whatever it may be, they aren't able to verb like verbally communicate yeah. out loud. <coughs> or bless you, bless you. Thanks. Or maybe they Your are soul tried to leave me four times. <laughs> Um, maybe they are BEK and that they are haunting the YMCA and are trying to take people with them. I mean, if you think about how many people go through the YMCA every single year, it makes sense that that they would be haunted. I swear we've done either read other stories about haunted YMCAs or maybe covered one. Probably. I don't know. I feel like we've, at this point, we've probably covered so many. 4,000 stories later yeah, there has to be it's gotta be we give ourselves a hard time about not remembering stories but then when i realized that we've done al- how many 200 yeah. episodes and which is basically like 400 research like book reports yes and then read over four thousand listener stories i'm like of course we don't remember all of them it's so <laughs> it's a- that's a lot. It's so funny. I was researching for episode 192, I believe. And I kind of, I just had this like moment where I was laughing to myself. And I was like, when we were in high school and college, you maybe had like one big research paper a semester per class, you know? Mm-hmm. So like maybe, you know, five or six big longer papers, if that. We write research papers every single week. Every week. Every week. Every week we do. For fun. What it, What even <laughs> is the... <laughs> This is the real world application. English teachers out there, you need to tell your kids that this is what they could do. They can make podcasts. Because we write 10 page, nine page. Like what is that? I mean, they're like paragraphs. Pages. Like, we don't write yeah. bullet points. Yeah. What's the word count on that? I don't even know. But this is this is what you can do with it. Everyone's like, what do you do with math? I, I don't know. Taxes. But w- with English, you could do this. <laughs> yeah. Research skills. We should all reach out to our professors, high school, college, whatever it may be, and be like, thank you so much for making me write research papers. It really has come in handy. Because now we now we do it every single yeah. week. I feel like if we went back to school, we would be freaking excellent. Oh, yeah. At 4.0 GPA. Like, oh yeah. Great. I got this in the bag. I can do this every day, baby. <laughs> baby. Baby. One day. Okay. I'll go back to school. Be fun. I won't. I've already I yeah. did grad school. I'm done. I want to. I see. I want to get a master's um, in psychology. I can't go again. Like, like me. you. Like I just me. Want, when I, you could. I want to be just like you when I grow up. There's plenty of online programs yeah, too that true. you can do. That is true. Or schools that have a blend. You know, it could be. You could do it on your yeah. own time. All righty. So this is the subject line is kind of a little bit for me, a little bit for you, okay. and that is because it's called Bigfoot, maybe demon. <laughs> 
I just don't know. I like that demons for me. <laughs> That's for you. <laughs> Hello, ladies. I'm a recent convert to your show. I cannot Welcome. begin to tell you how excited I was to find your show. Listening to your encounters episodes has inspired me to share a few stories of my own with you. Yay. To begin, I live out in Western Massachusetts. <gasps> your neighbor. Growing up, roaming the trails in the forest. We are neighbors. Yes. And Sabrina, you should move here too. <laughs> we can all be neighbors. I'm going to keep asking you to move here until you eventually okay. do. Just subconsciously planting it in my brain all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Except it's not even subconscious. It's, just like it's very really direct. direct. I'm like, yeah. just move here. <laughs> just start sending me pamphlets from like <laughs> real estate in Boston, in Massachusetts. Yeah. I'm just going to send you a postcard every single week from a different town <laughs> in Massachusetts. <laughs> to begin, I live out in Western Massachusetts. Growing up roaming the trails and forests, I have come to know just how spooky it can be out here. So here it goes. When I was a teenager, I had a few summer adventures with my mom's friend, John, and his family out in Chesterfield. John and his cousin had abutting properties and barely anyone around for miles. It was pretty common for us to hop on quads and truckers and head into the woods to go shooting or just to go on an adventure. One afternoon, I took the family dog, Bo, and headed off. It was important to note that Bo was pretty much fearless. He runs pretty wild around mm. the property and had has tangled with fisher cats and startled more than one bear. Oh my gosh, wow, this Bo. dog's a badass. This is a this is a wilderness yeah. dog. This is a farm dog. <laughs> so we headed off through the woods on this fairly remote trail. There's an old bridge that crosses over the stream bed, and as Bo and I were bumping along in the trucker, I noticed across the bridge there was a rotted out hole. It looked pretty perfect to set up some targets and blow off some steams. So naturally, I checked out the hole to make sure that there were no animals nesting inside. And it went way back. Like, it really widened out. But a no hole sign of like animals. a cave? So I guess. Okay. It's in the stream bed. So. Okay. Because I'm picturing, I was like, picturing a like a muskrat will create like a little den. Mm, okay. I was picturing like a bear but trap. But this is really wide. Okay. Yeah. Could be. So I set up my targets, which were heavy-duty steel plates, so Bo curls up on the seat of the trucker and just watches me. Cute. I'm midway through loading my rifle when I start to feel uneasy. Oh, no. I could not put my finger on it, but something felt mm, not right. Mm. I was a teenage boy with a dog and a gun, so I brushed off those feelings and fired off a few rounds. The feeling slowly went away, so I fire off a few more rounds. And figure that maybe it's time to check the targets and see how well or how badly I'd done. As I'm walking towards the targets, I hear this blood-curdling scream oh. followed by a bellowing roar. Oh! Looking over at Bo, I notice that he is now standing on point, hair on his neck, bristling. His gaze is directed just past me, down in the hole, into the woods. I looked to check out whatever it was, and I saw this broad, tall, humanoid figure in the shadows of the trees. It looked over towards us. Bo's growl tapers off into this whining yelp, oh, no. and he hurled himself off the trucker and bolted back up the trail towards the house. Oh, no. Keep in mind, this dog did not run from anything. Yeah. Fueled by his need to get away, I abandoned my targets and leapt into the trucker, kicking it into gear, and I raced back towards the house, and it felt like I could feel this being breathing down my neck. Oh, my God. I shot out of the woods looked over my shoulder, and nothing. I made it back up to the house, and I explained to John and his cousin what I had just witnessed. Then I noticed the gate to the trucker was open and my rifle case was gone. I basically begged them to go back <laughs> with me to get the case and the targets. 
laughing at me the whole way they agreed to go back. Bo absolutely refused to go with us. John's cousin agreed that it was really weird for Bo to do that, but shrugged it off. We got down into the woods and over the bridge, my rifle case was there. I picked it up. John headed to pick up the targets and stopped short. We all hear a billowing (gasps) roar, but this time far enough away and with the three of us, our confidence is a bit boosted. So John started to collect the targets, but then he noticed that these heavy metal plates were all bent. (gasps) Not from a bullet, but as if someone had folded them like paper. We heard that roar again. It sounded closer. Nope. John looks at us. He shook his head. This time, the roar sounded like it was on top of us. He grabbed the nearest target, then, as if thinking better, drops it. He said, screw it. He can have it. Looking back, that shook me, as if he knew what was out there. It, so do this you think, is not the only time I've... I, I, like. It feels like they were in whatever this entity, may it be Bigfoot or whatever... That was like its whole, its den. It must be, right? And it doesn't want anyone there and it doesn't want danger, which is a rifle right. and bullets. Which is fair. To be out there, right? Like it's standing its ground yeah. and breaking all the metal in half, which does remind me a little bit of a story that we had read previously. Remember there was that boy that was walking in the woods and his younger brother, I think behind uh, him, had gone yes. missing for a moment oh and then came back out and had said that, like someone was beckoning him. And I swear they also were target practicing and like the oh. metal was impossibly bent in that scenario. Yikes. This is not the only time I've seen this type of creature. Once as a teen, I was hanging out with my friend on the deck behind my mother's house. We had lit tiki torches and were playing some card games. My buddy Brett noticed a shadow along the tra- chain link fence. I laugh and I tell him to stop trying to scare me. And a short while later, I notice something. Whatever it is catches my eye. It is tall and dark with glowing eyes. Oh. It reached out a hand, and with these long fingers, it starts to shake the fence. We ran inside and we put on the floodlights. By the time that we did that, whatever it was was gone. I should note here that my mother lives in a fairly residential neighborhood. However, it does open up behind us to an old sand pit, and sometimes we would find indigenous artifacts in the woods behind her house. One more story, and then I promise I'll let you go. As a child, my bedroom was in the back of my mother's house. It was on the ground level with two windows. One window looked into the dog pen and the other into the backyard and then to the woods just beyond. One night, I felt like I was dreaming. I rolled over and I looked into the darkness. When I was little, we would keep the bedroom door open at night in case my mother needed to get to me, which came in handy during a tornado. Mm. Anyway... As I opened my eyes in this dreamlike state, I noticed two glowing red eyes staring back at me. This terrifying ape-like face is just inches from mine. Inches? In that moment, I could not differ inches. Opens your eyes and someone's right there. Oh my gosh. Right in front of you. Nope. Or something. I could not differentiate what was real and what was not. I remember wanting to call out to my mother. It reached out. It touched <gasps> my face. I remember the feeling... And coming to the realization that maybe this was not a dream. And then everything went black. The next morning, I went to tell my mother. And to my horror, she wiped a black sooty (gasps) finger mark off of my cheek. To this day, it still gives us chills. I'm super open to the paranormal and whatever lies beyond the veil. However, this is for another email. Thank you for the chills and the spooky tales. I love all of your content. Keep up the great work. And I will see you on the other side. Lucas. Lucas. I am really grateful that in the first six, okay, well, first of all, to back it up, I don't know what this entity is. And I wonder if it's the same in all three experiences or if it's hmm. different, 
but at least the one in the first two doesn't feel like, I mean, maybe Lucas didn't describe it as hairy, but like it feels more like freaky, tall, long nails. And like, I don't know what that is. I don't know either. This is really giving me like, I just keep thinking about the Bridgewater Triangle, which I know is is not where this is because right. that's more of like Southern Massachusetts. Unless it's near spreading. The shore. And this is Western Massachusetts. Yeah, Western Massachusetts, it's also extremely wooded. There's a mm. lot of streams. There's like dinosaur prints <gasps> still in the stone that you can go Corinne. see. It's What if this is Bigfoot with alopecia? <laughs> it might be. It might be. There might be a whole tribe of them. I mean, there's a lot of mountains. Yeah. It's right there. It could be. I believe. I believe. We believe. I mean, it does sound like, I mean, this is, there's something like the growl and the the screams and like the bellowing roar. Yeah. And seeing this figure like within the tree line that seems giant, like that to me is Bigfoot. I am really grateful that. The middle one, I'm not sure. I'm grateful that in the first experience, Lucas was able to go back and John and the cut and his cousin were all able to experience it as well because then it's less isolating and he's not alone or Lucas is not alone in the experience. Totally. But I don't know about that last one. It's horrifying. Because it sounds kind of Bigfoot-esque, you know? Yes. It it feels kind of Tarzan, like the gorilla, like calmly stroking your cheek like right in front of you. But did it? Feel taking calmly, their baby, the red glowing eyes, the, I mean, it does feel, I mean, here's the thing. Sometimes I'm like, I want to see the best in spirits. And other times I'm like, you guys are, you have bad intentions and I don't know. I don't trust you, but this does feel like a curiosity. It's like, what is this? Yes. Who are you? Let me poke you. What do right. you feel like? And then also this is making me think too. So like uh, the descriptions of it feel very Bigfoot ass. Yes. But what's strange to me is that this thing was able to get inside of Lucas's room, yep. touch him, and then Lucas blacked out. Everything went blank, which could be from fear. Yeah. You know, your, your brain protecting you. Yeah. You could have passed out. You could just have blocked out all the memories. Yeah. But another part of me is reminded of aliens and the whole theory that Bigfoot is an interdimensional being and basically an alien itself. So yeah. could there be some sort of portal, the holes or or area that there's a lot of Bigfoot in Western Massachusetts and they have this like alien-like curiosity with Lucas and these alien-like abilities to pop up in the pop, home. Pop, pop, pop. It's just it's just something that we don't often hear because we think of them as being outside, which right. two of the three encounters occurred outside. Right. I am curious if that whole – did you ever see the Palm Springs Groundhog Day movie? It was on Hulu uh, last summer. Yeah, with Adam Sandler. Not, I mean, Adam Sa- – Andy Sandler. Yeah, Andy Sandberg. But you know how they, like, go into that cave and that's where it all starts? Like, I'm curious mm-hmm. if that hole is, like, the portal. Oh, yeah. And if Lucas went too yeah. deep in it, then Lucas would have gone right. to the Bigfoot plane. And that can't happen. Well – and now you're making me think of missing 411 and how people just seem to vanish out of thin air with no extra footsteps yeah. or signs of struggle. Like, could there be these areas in the woods that present themselves as an ordinary bunch of leaves or a den for an animal? And when stepping through or investigating, you're transported into another dimension. Curious. It's very Stranger Things, too. It also makes me wonder, like, when when that happens, are our bodies and our matter and the way our atoms and, and how we are 
constructed, are we able to make that leap or do we like rip apart and disintegrate and never experience the other side? Like, is there, is there no fear? Like, are we not shitting ourselves in some other plane being like, how the hell do I get home? Do we just immediately die? I hope you at least have an ability to get back. I hope. Yeah. Or maybe it's so great on the other side that they don't, that we don't want to. Yeah. I'm so scared of black holes. I know, but I also think they're so fascinating. Them. And what if there's like a whole like, un- like mm-hmm. galaxy and universe inside of it? I had a moment the other day. Granted, I had a couple drinks because I had been at a wedding, but I looked up to the sky and I don't think it was quite the Milky Way galaxy, but there was this like collection of stars that were so dense. It was so many more stars than I'd ever seen before. Oh, Maybe it so was the Milky pretty. Way and I just didn't really realize. I started weeping. Oh, I-, I bawled my eyes out. That's beautiful. I was like, that is so beautiful. And Brian was like, come on, little drunk, let's get inside. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> but don't the take stars, me away the sky. from the stars. Oh, that's really yeah. sweet. That's beautiful. It was lovely. I do love that. Oh, look how cute your hair is up in the ponytail with your bangs. <laughs> I do like the ponytail. You look like a Spice Girl right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We took a quick water break, which is why my hair is now different. <laughs> Spice Girl. I did love Baby Spice, and I think she had bangs for a while, so living at my best life. You're also giving like sporty spice with the stripes on the collar and the hair and the ponytail a little bit. You're kind of a combo of all of them. Um, I may have worn this shirt four days in a row and I don't care. Don't care. So now let's channel scary spice and tell a scary story. (laughs) Okay. And this one is scary. It's from our listener, Amanda, and it is called The Devil in the Attic and the Glowing Green Imps. Hello, best ghostesses. To leave you hanging just a little bit, I'm going to start with my own story about my childhood home. When I was little, we're talking from like four until probably eight years old, I would periodically get night terrors that would leave me in absolute hysterics. I lived in a two-story home. My room was upstairs and my parents slept downstairs in the daylight basement. Side note, just because half of it was exposed and had plenty of sunlight shining through did not make it any less creepy. It was like a huge studio apartment because my grandmother slept in the master bedroom upstairs. And when I would wake up from these nightmares, I would creep downstairs and sleep in my parents' bedroom next to my mom. On the way downstairs, I would have to fight every urge to run back up because the vibe down there was just ick. The amount of times I'd feel like I was being watched was unnerving. And the amount of activity was just ridiculous. On numerous occasions... I would see these little, maybe a foot tall, glowing green imps, for lack of a better word, and they would poke my feet and ankles with these spears. They're like these little trolls. Yes. That's what I'm picturing. It's little goblins. I, you know what this story reminds me of? Is there's a listener story we read a long time ago where these little like things would come out of the bathroom vent. Ooh, we're going to have to find- I'm starting to remember that yeah, one. Yeah, we're going to have to find that one again because- Anyway- Yes. They would poke my feet and ankles with these little spears, and I would wake up the next morning with little scratches and bruises from where they hit me. My mom always would brush it off saying, I must have gotten scratched by one of our five cats, but I know what I saw and I know what I felt. It would take me at least 10 minutes to finally calm down enough and get the courage to go downstairs, so I know I wasn't half asleep. I was always so unnerved because why were they attacking me? Anyway, fast forward to maybe when I was 10, And my mom tells me about the weirdest thing. She woke up to whispering in her closet. And what did she see? Little green glowing imps. Apparently she talked back to them. And my dad woke up hearing her talking and was like, who are you talking to? And she replied, 
the closet people. Safe to say he thought she was losing it. This feels a little bit like Faye too, which makes me nervous that there's so much interaction with them and almost like a welcoming of them in the home. It's like, hello, who are you? Don't make a deal with that. No. But also, what are they talking about? What are they doing in the closet? And why are they attacking poor Amanda? Mm -hmm. And also what happened to them? Because that's the end of that story. Anyway, the next story. I know. Amanda, we have questions. The next story is my mom's. We need seven more paragraphs. (laughs) Trigger warning, dark and possibly suicidal thoughts. When my mom was a little girl, she was growing up in California and would often spend the night with her aunt who was very much involved in the church and was even involved with the exorcism that the exorcist is based off of. I don't know more to that story or else I'd definitely be telling that one. Um, And sadly, she has long since passed. But when my mom would stay at her aunt's house, she would sleep in the attic. It was finished, but the only entrance was a small staircase with a door blocking it. The room was mostly empty besides a small bed that was next to a window, a little dresser, and a mirror. My mom would sleep with that door open and my great aunt would keep the light on downstairs so she could see in case she needed anything in the middle of the night. My mom woke up freezing, which was weird for a summer night in California. She laid awake for a couple of minutes when suddenly she felt dread and smelled rotting eggs. She saw the glow of the downstairs light and slowly a figure appeared in the doorway. It was a silhouette of a figure she describes as 10 feet tall and bulky, enough to fill the entire doorway except for a few cracks. She said it felt like the air was being sucked out of the room, and all she could think was she had to jump out of the small window, which would have most likely killed her. But she kept thinking she was going to die either way and felt hopeless. She couldn't breathe. She felt like she was suffocating and felt like her only option was death. And then... She jumped out of bed and did the stupidest yet most courageous thing a person can do. She closed her eyes and ran down the stairs straight through the demon. Oh, no. Oh, God. Wait, this is not what I was expecting at all. She describes hitting it and then slamming into the floor with force. When she opened her eyes, it was gone Ah. and the dread slowly lifted from the attic. She immediately ran downstairs, woke up her aunt who believed every single word, and my mom wholeheartedly believes that the actual devil, Lucifer, Satan, visited her that night. Her aunt told her that the devil will visit the most holy of people and try to intrude their homes because that is who the devil is most afraid of and feels the need and desire to corrupt deeply. I have a ton more stories and can't wait to write them to you. See you on the other side, your phantom, Amanda. I mean, this is just making me think of the case that you had just done of the nunnery. Yeah. That had the mass possession. Possession. Yeah. Where it's like they find who's the most holy, who's the most devout, who's the most challenging Mm -hmm. in the home or in the town or whoever, and just tries to see how how deeply they can affect that person. And also, like, can they be let in? Poor Amanda's mom is just like visiting her aunt and sleeping there and has to sprint through a demon. Yeah, sprint through a demon. How many people do you know who run straight through a demon? That would be okay. You remember how when we first met, your fun fact was that you grew up in a haunted house, and mine was I can mm-hmm. wiggle my ears because I'm pathetic and a loser. I mean, it's it's no. cool. No, that's cool. It is cool, but like it's really cool. I also there's so many other things that I've done that I could have said. You know, it's okay. Anyway, I feel like you went first, and no one was ready for the yes. curveball. That yes. I was. I went a little too extreme with the fun no, facts. Yours is awesome, but that would be my. Well, it brought us together. If if I ran through a demon, I think that would be my fun fact. 
the fun fact. One time I ran through a demon. Yeah. Every, I mean, stop the class. Let's hear more about we that. We need the story. Everyone would want to know. Yeah. We need the story. Yeah. And here we have it. Amanda's mom did it. And what the heck are these? And thank God she's arrived. Little green creatures that are glowing and I know. with spears. Amanda's poor mom runs through a demon, thinks that she's going to get through the rest of her life without a hitch, like avoids being possessed. And, and then ends up with all these like little green fey goblin beings yeah. attacking her daughter yeah, and then talking to her from her closet. And what do they want? It's interesting because when they're talking- How does it end? In the closet to Amanda's mom, it doesn't really seem like they're attacking Amanda's mom. They're just more like there and Amanda's mom is talking to them, which I'm curious about the conversation. Like, did they respond? Did they have banta? What happened? Mm-hmm. And then also like- Right. Okay. Here's Here's something. Amanda said that she would run downstairs because she was terrified at night. Like she would wake up scared and it took her a long time to run down mm-hmm. to her parents' room. I wonder if she woke up scared because of something else. And these green glowing men, women, whatever they are, creatures, were attacking the darkness that was on her. Oh, oh, these like little light beings, these little mini energy healers, <laughs> I guess. With their little spears. That's interesting. With their little spears. That is interesting. Hmm. I mean. The way I picture this too is in Moana. Remember when (laughs) the ship comes with all the little coconut creatures that come and attack them when they're sailing? Yeah, I think so. I've only seen it once, but yeah. (gasps) Seen it like 17 times. (laughs) But that's what I was picturing, but like a little green version of it where they're like, "Ah, ah," just attacking. Interesting. Yikes. Big yikes. Amanda, you owe us many a follow-up here. We have questions and we want to know more. What happened to these? How long did you experience them for? Tell us everything. Right. When did they, when was the last experience? Like, how Do you still live in this house? Do they still live in the house? We need to know. Did you move out? Are you getting postcards from the previous (laughs) owners saying, what the hell are these green goblins in my closet? What have you left behind? Tell us the answers. Alrighty. I have a story for us to end on. This is from Tracy. Hey, Corinne and Sabrina. I'm not really a podcast type of gal, but wow, am I hooked on yours. What a compliment. Oh my gosh. Thank you. It gets me through long three-hour drives home on the weekends. So to preface the story, it's relevant to know that myself and a few of my cousins who are part of the story I'm about to tell you are practicing witches slash warlocks slash pagans. Some of us, including myself, have intuitive gifts. My cousin, Morgan, is very in tune with the paranormal. She sees and hears spirits often. I'm an empath, and I pick up on different types of energy very easily. Now on to my story. Ever since I can remember, my family and I have spent every Easter up in the Poconos in Pennsylvania, very close to the notoriously haunted town of Jim Thorpe. Would highly recommend visiting this quirky little town. You girls would love it. As you probably know... The Poconos area is very well known for the rich Native American heritage and culture that used to thrive there. Anyway, we rent out a house in, I'm probably going to butcher this, but I'm going to try, Toamensing, in Toamensing Trails, which is a private community, and we call it the Easter House. And this is a very important trip for my family. I'm extremely close to all of my cousins, even though we are varied in age. I'm the oldest in our pack, called the MC. And the second oldest is my cousin, Morgan, who's my best friend slash basically my sister. We think that we're traveling souls. When we were, (laughs) so sweet. When we were around 15, we set out with our three younger cousins on our annual hike through the woods. We had a secret spot that we always went to, which had a river and tiny creeks running through it and many little pools and islands. 
We kept venturing through the woods. It was all familiar enough as we had scoured that woods many times before. All of a sudden, we come to a place that we recognized about a half mile in, a thicket of low-growing laurel trees by the river. There are more like bushes, super annoying to try to walk through. They were so thick that we could barely get through them. We could barely see through them. Then it suddenly became very dark in the forest. Like everything had a shadow, even though it was the middle of the day and we had not ventured into the thick of the trees. The air became heavy and everything was silent. No wind or birds or animals. It seemed like even the sound of the river had stopped. (sighs) I knew something was wrong. And then Morgan and I stopped in our tracks and just looked at each other at the same time. Something was very off. Yes. We both felt different things. I felt like there was something animalistic in the trees ahead, something dark and evil, and it wanted to hurt us, possibly eat us. Oh, It seemed like a bear maybe, or a twisted form of a human. It's hard to explain how I knew this, but that's just how my intuition works. Morgan felt the same, something evil, and she felt that if we went any further, it would see us and there would be no going home. I felt like it knew that we were close, but we did have a little bit of time. Both of us, without speaking, knew that we needed to bolt out of there fast. We turned in the direction of the road, looked at our cousins, and said, run. So we ran our group all the way out of the woods until the dark presence had faded and we were back at the house. I'd never been scared in the woods like that before. We're all pretty outdoorsy and we don't scare easily. I didn't realize what had happened until a few weeks ago. I'm now 25 when I was listening to your podcast and decided to look back on some of my experiences, slowly realizing some of them were quite strange and cannot be rationally explained. Morgan and I did some research on the legends of the Lenape and Delaware tribes that heavily populated that area. We found the legend of a Native American spirit called Mahuwe. Before I read you the description of the spirit, I will note that we wrote down all that we could remember before we did this research as to not influence our memories. Mahuwe is a giant humanoid man-eating monster that lurks in the forests and attacks anyone who comes close. It is very similar to a windy boy and is associated with hunger, cannibalism, and sin. We also found a spirit called Yakwehe, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, which is a giant hairless bear-like creature that also eats humans. When I think about this encounter, Mahue just seems right to me. It's terrifying to think that we possibly ran into something like that in the woods right near where we live. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I do know it wasn't just paranoia. Something was not right out there in those woods. That agreed. Yes. That community has always been a little spooky and the people there are strange. They have an odd feel to their energy as if they're hiding something. Other strange things have happened to us in those woods, like getting lost in circles, even when we know the area well, finding odd things in the woods where they don't belong, like burnt like burnt out foundations of buildings and random household items strewn about deep in the forest, seeing people walking around in the woods only to vanish into thin air. And it wasn't like someone had thrown these items out of their car or something. I'm talking miles into the woods. I have more stories like this. But I'll leave it at Mahuwe for now. As we got older, experiences diminished, possibly because the area is getting more and more developed and the forest is being knocked down, sad face. 
I know I'll never go back to that spot, though. Thanks for listening, ladies, and keep up the good work. Thank you for all your spookiness. See you on the other side. Tracy. My concern is, like, is there going to be a house built on top of that area? Because if this is a spirit, like a spiritual or, like, even if it's a cryptid, is it attached to that area of the land? Or is it going to have to go somewhere else? Is it going to move into the house? This would make me want to – I mean, I want to know more about, like, the Lenape tribes and what Mm -hmm. they believe and how they – how they encourage people to go about dealing with these entities right. because aren't they the people that would know the best, 100%. you know, living in that area for probably hundreds and hundreds of years. They know what this creature is. But it's just so amazing that Tracy and her cousin Morgan both have different levels of spiritual abilities. Yeah. And together they both piece to get piece together exactly what this creature is. They were like, if we go forward, there's no going back. If we go forward, we might be eaten. Yes. If we go forward, there's some sort of bear like beast waiting waiting for us us, some sort of evil entity yes and then they do the research and it's literally like exactly what they felt bullet point a correct bullet point b check mark like it's all which is all what they felt interesting because it's like because you know we were just talking before like what do you do you slip into like their plane or something or is their presence altering the reality but it sounds like if this entity lives in this area that whole area of the woods is always oddly quiet and things don't work the, yeah. the way they should because all of the creatures, all the animals and bugs and everything don't want to be there. Right. And I'm I'm interested about the people who live there too. Like Tracy was saying that the energy feels weird. People seem odd. It's very house of wax. And I'm wondering if maybe, yes, hills of eyes, house yeah. of wax, deliverance, like everything, yeah. you know, it's all adding up to just oddness happening. But it does make me wonder if everybody else living in the area feels the same way about her or everyone else, yeah. you know, like what if everybody just has the feeling that something's off? And so there's this general suspicion about everybody in this area because they all know that there's something there yeah. and they don't know what's going on. I don't know. Well, hopefully uh, we don't find yes. out. Tracy will probably never go there. <laughs> yeah, Tracy, <laughs> can you drop? Are supposed to be- Tracy, can you drop a pin and show us where we are to avoid forever? Yes, I mean, would love to see the Poconos at some point, but but not but not that exact spot. No, my family used to have property in the Poconos, and definitely not going into the woods unless there's like twenty people walking with me. Yeah, well, we'll just avoid it. We'll just go to like the fun, like wintry areas. Yeah. Do Christmas in the book. I'm pretty sure that's no, that's not a little Hall- Hallmark movie. That's not where I peed my pants on tubing, but I did go <laughs> tubing there once. Yeah, that'd be bad. You mark your scent <laughs> on the trail, and the beast can smell you. It comes for you. Me. I know a little girl pees her pants here. <laughs> I'll come for her. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. But if you guys please have, do, yes. email us your stories. At two girls one ghost podcast yes. at gmail.com. And then come watch us on YouTube, subscribe to us on YouTube, and tell all your friends about our podcast and about our YouTube channel and about our TikTok and our social medias. Like just be like, hey, do you want to hear some spooky stories or some great ghost stories? Sometimes they make you feel good, sometimes they make you scared. Whatever it may be, tell them all to come join our pyramid scheme. This is, you know, join the triangle and um get lost in the triangle with us get lost in the triangle we appreciate all of you and we also appreciate our editors thank you to aiden manning max lodian eric foster the entire team at upfire digital for editing not only our audio but also our youtube videos yes thank you and we will we have one more episode coming out in 
the demonic month of October. Yes. But please join us for nicer episodes after that. And we will see you on the other side. Bye-bye. Very smooth.